You're listening to the Head Hunting Housewives podcast with Diane O'Brien, episode number 27. Good morning, Head Hunting Housewives. It's your recruiter, Diane O'Brien. Happy Tuesday. It is the last Tuesday of January. Are you all happy it's the last Tuesday of January? If you're living in the Northeast like me, you may be happy that now we get to go into February, another beautifully cold month here. But uh, on this Tuesday morning, I am watching a beautiful sunrise. I am late to this podcast. Usually I'm sitting in the dark talking to all of you. Um, but I was sleeping in a bit and playing with my dog early in the morning. Uh, he's the cutest little puppy still named Tucker. <laughs> um, so anyway, today I want to talk about, uh, it's Tuesday, so I want to keep it on tactical things for recruiting. Because as you know, a lot of times I like to help everybody get their mindset in place. And I could talk all day about kind of your mental mindset and mastering your calendar and your time and um, more up in the clouds type of thinking of how you can, you know, leverage your day and and all of that stuff that I enjoy talking about. But I know a lot of you that are listening to this um, that are headhunting right now and um, are in the thick of it as far as interviews and schedules and clients and offers. You enjoy the tactical information of kind of down the weeds, how are we getting this stuff done, right? So um, today I want to talk about, you know, finding talent. I mean, the basis of recruiting and becoming a recruiter is you're going to be really good at finding and attracting top talent, uh, the kind of talent that's out there that maybe other people aren't as good at attracting or getting, or then making the connection and you know closing that deal when it comes to helping them get the job uh, right through their start date. So a lot goes into finding and getting great talent. And I want to talk about uh, that subject a little bit today, different angles of that. Um, you know, the one piece I think to start is that whatever industry you're recruiting in, you know, talent is going to come in different forms. I mentioned before that, you know, of course, if you're recruiting in healthcare and are maybe helping, let's say you're helping hospitals find people or you're finding salespeople within healthcare, or then you go over to IT and you're working with all the big tech companies. And then you're looking maybe for IT geeks, so to speak, you know, or the coders out there. If you're working out in California a lot, there'll be obviously a lot of those openings. Um, and then you think in clean technology, you're dealing with people with the environmental stuff or solar and wind and you know, an insurance, finance type of people. There's all these different industries with different type of people in it, right? But the one, you know, common theme that I can talk to because I've hired in all of those industries, you know, are certain characteristics of the talent you're looking for. And I've touched upon this before, but definitely want to speak to it more today because it'll save you a lot of time as a recruiter if you're really looking for those kind of um, success characteristics because you really want to hire, especially if you're in the realm of hiring that I am, where I always go after salespeople and recruiters, um, CEO types, you know, people, executive thinkers, leaders. If that's the kind of person you're looking for for a company, which every company and all industries typically <laughs> that I've come in contact want want those leadership skills, right? Want those uh, desire and hunger traits. Um, and, you know, even for a company I'm hiring for right now, you know, I'm working with two different managers. One wants lots of experience, still looking for all those traits, right? It's for, um, you know, and looking for different recruiters. And again, that drive and that, that goal setting and knows how to kind of get a job done and be left alone to do it on your own. Another recruiter um, looks for really no experience within recruiting for this example, 
but looks for, again, the same thing she's telling me. I want the drive. I want that go-getter. Go get it done themselves. So even though one might want a few years experience doing the job and the other could care less and in fact loves people from any kind of service industry. She loves waiters and waitresses or uh, real estate or teachers or um, anything customer service where you're wanting to serve the customer. It's like that common theme of wanting to serve and help and and you know get the next level, whether it's for yourself or other people. It's a common trait in the talent that you're finding. So for me... I felt really fortunate by being very clear on that common thread. It's helped me recruit in any industry. It takes me a second maybe to learn the job particulars, the job description, the little nuances. If again, you're hiring a salesperson, an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, um, a COO, a CEO, whatever it is, of course, there's the nuances in the job description, but there'll be some common threads of what are the characteristic traits of successful people? What kind of personalities do I want to pull into this company? You know, every company, not everyone, but almost all the companies I hire for, and this might, again, just be a my world thing and, and the companies I attract, but they all want to have cool cultures, right? Now, there was one time I was hiring for um, a lady uh, in insurance, and this was this past year, and when I went to talk to her about culture, she didn't understand the question. I mean, she was a leader in her own firm, and it was a small company, um, and then she's like, what do you mean culture? And I was explaining, well, what do you want it to feel like when people come to work for you, and what kind of talent do you want to attract as far as um, personality traits and what kind of environment do you want to have this this you know company as you grow it? And just kind of asking those bigger CEO visionary type of questions so I can get to what kind of culture they're creating for their employees because that's important to me as a recruiter that I don't hire anyone into a company that's going to have a bad culture. But anyway, point being, she was like, well, what do you mean culture? I just, I don't know. She's like, just, I want someone to do the job. And she was very just, you know, could care less about the culture. It felt like a little bit and um, just want to find someone quickly to do the job. And it ends up, you know, she was really also underpaying for the job and um, it was a little bit of a difficult hire, you know, as far as finding the right people. Um, she had a very small kind of window of what she wanted, um, but not paying enough for it. So, you know, typically, and that it's funny because that was a client that was actually um, referred to me. Everything comes to me through referral, which I love. However, even with referrals, you have to learn to say no sometimes. And when this client was referred to me, um, I knew right away in that first call, it wasn't really, I wasn't in sync. However, I wanted to help her still because I know she was really looking hard for this person. And I still had that need to kind of want to help her get the job done. I got to know her, you know, better <laughs> about her dog and where she vacations. And, um, you know, eventually you can, you know, that's fine. Not maybe all your clients thinking that you'll love. But when you talk about the culture, and things like that and what they're trying to form, you'll end up then, you know, enjoying those um, contracts more and those clients more because you're in sync with that. So, and then when it goes to find the talent, like we're talking about, it's going to be an easier match. I mean, for me, my, again, I always bring back why I do this every day. You know, here's a Tuesday morning, I'm having my coffee, enjoying the sunrise. Um, I don't have to spend my day going to help people find jobs or close deals or try to make, you know, more money or get more contracts or even be talking to everyone that's listening to this podcast. I mean, there are many beautiful things to do in a day like today, right? Like I mentioned, if it was nice outside, I wouldn't probably be here talking right now. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Since this podcast is new, we'll see how I handle this in the, in the spring. Um, but for right now, um, 
you know, for me, a lot of it is that it's fun, right? I enjoy helping people that are cool people. I like helping cool companies grow. That's kind of why I like like the cannabis um, industry right now, especially out in Detroit. It's kind of like the Wild West out there with the gold rush and the smart people are out there investing. And um, I like working with smarter people than me. So um, it's a pretty cool industry. And And I consider cannabis healthcare as far as I'm concerned. So I know what I'm attracting really high level COOs and different C-level leadership, um, you know, people think twice about cannabis. They really want that on their resume. But hey, this is healthcare, everybody, at this point. I mean, my dog, I was given the CBD oil when he had cancer and it worked. So um, anyway, I'm getting off, top, off topic a little bit here. But my point being is the reason I'm in cannabis even um, with the different healthcare companies that I hire for um, or any industry The common theme is they're fun. They're cool people to work with. I enjoy my day talking to them. Nothing feels like a boring conference call. There's no PowerPoint presentations. There's nothing boring. There's no boring meetings I attend anymore. I mean, everything is quick and fast and to the point, efficient and effective and enjoyable. And I don't waste time with anything else. And to attract those kind of candidates, I think in a way you have to have that mindset of that's who you are. Um, and that's kind of the same, maybe, um, characteristics again, that you're looking for in those, in those type of candidates that you'll find. So that even talk to them will be very enjoyable. So let me get, again, that was a little bit so high level, even though this is tactical Tuesday here. So let me get into the weeds a little bit more. That's kind of high level characteristics, right? And there will be assessments that your clients will give them and can give them, um, that get to their personality traits, who they are naturally to make sure it's a fit for what they're looking for and the culture you're trying to hire for. Um, and you know, you kind of get down this a little bit more, of course, they're going to be looking for results. So for instance, when you're looking at a resume, okay, cause I know I'm kind of talking about personality things, but how, if you're looking at a resume, do you see between the lines? I mean, you know, they give dates in a resume this is what I did here and then other dates and what I did there. But there are certain things you're going to look for that can tell you between the lines who that person is. Now, of course, we all know as recruiters or if you're new, job hops are a big one, right? And this is interesting because now it's really changed from years ago. I mean, when I started recruiting over 20 years ago, they wanted people with no job hops, right? They wanted someone that was at a company a long time. Um, I mean, unless I was just doing a sales team, they could be young out of college, but and they, so there wasn't enough time for job hops. But, you know, if I was talking about higher levels, they want maybe a person with one company, like a GE, their whole career before they snatch them away to go to their company, let's say Siemens or whatever it may be, where that's changed now because um, there's so much opportunity and all the tech boom, especially when so many people went to tech and then all the different startups. I mean, I still love when I see someone at one company, their whole career, just two companies. Um, but you'll see more, you know, than one or two nowadays. Uh, however, you don't want a job hopper where like every year it's a new company, unless they're on contract. Like literally for us recruiters, we could have contracts with different companies every two years. If you look at my LinkedIn, I got a lot going on there because I was getting new clients and contracts and LinkedIn doesn't really have a way of easily having everything under my own company, but I can still put the company logos I'm working for, right? So I still have to kind of have it where all the different companies I've worked for or contracted with. So as recruiters, you have to kind of see through are these job pops or just different clients they've successfully done the project for. Now, outside of recruiting, it's a little easier to see people jumping around because they're typically employees, not like a contractor. 
so you can see how long they stay with a company. And you want at least, you know, a few years with a company. If you're jumping within six months or a year, that's usually not good. There can be reasons, but if it happens more than once, especially. Um, so you want someone to have like years of digging into the project at a company and then showing proven success. So not just the hops or any spaces on the resume, um, but also, you know, what are the success factors? Not a whole a resume of bullet pointing, just this is what I did here, or I was responsible for this, or I maintained this, or I did, you know, words like that. You want, you know, the revenues were here and I took them to here, like growth. Um, it was this PL and then I grew it to this PL, or I increased my territory by this percent year over year, or I was top 10% of, you know, XYZ club, or I won master's club three years in a row. So for me, as I was looking at a bunch of things they did, you know, I want to talk, I want to see in the resume how proud they are of their accomplishments. And that's shining through based in numbers and metrics right on their resume. Um, that's really important. I know a lot of people that aren't really good at writing resumes. I help them with, they might be like a star, you know, employee or star salesperson, but you never know it by their resume, right? So um, especially for you women out there that don't like to brag about yourselves. And I was guilty of this. I mean, probably to this day, I don't have on my LinkedIn or resume all my successes, but you probably should, right? And I might change that later. I might go back and, and write all the different things I did more, but my resume shows it more. But but you definitely want to have those accomplishments and percentages. And even to the point, and now when I talk to certain clients, um, I'm open about what I made. I didn't used to always tell them I made this or that, but you know, when I placed a team recently, made 200K and a quarter for a, a Fortune 100 sales team, you know, now I kind of say that to my next client or I'll come off and say, yeah, I just came off this amount of hiring. In the past three months, I hired three executives and then three lower level people within three months for this firm at the same time of helping this client. So I'll speak to those accomplishments, um, but I wouldn't always write that down, And, and but you want to do that. So I want to make sure that when you're looking for that, whether it's for yourself and doing it or you're looking for it and your candidates, look for those accomplishments and those success traits of that goal setting and they accomplished it on their own. Um, again, these are traits that you'll look for that are more um, just for talent in any industry. So I am going to stop this this morning a little early because like I said, I got a late start and I'm going to get my daughter off to school. Um, so I hope you all have a good day though. And I'll continue talking more on this tactical stuff and telling how to find that, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. So have a great day. All you headhunters. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come join us over at headhuntinghousewives.com. It is completely free to join and we offer lots of great advice, support, and even a little inspiration. So please come join us at headhuntinghousewives.com. That is housewives with a V.com. And yes, this still is for you men as well. Hope to see you all there.